Welcome to The Realm. I'm Dr. D. I bring the strategy. And I'm Dr. K. I bring the psychology. We are business psychologists and your guides to the executive realm, where we bring strategy and psychology together. So you can bring your best to your C-suite, your teams, and your customers. Today, we'll be talking about micromanagement, dig into the idea of locus of control, what it says about leaders, the dangers for teams, and how to break the trust control micromanagement cycle. Let's get to work. So, Dr. K. Yes. Can you share your perspective on locus of control and how it relates to leaders who exhibit tendencies towards micromanagement? Uh, Yes, my pleasure. So, locus of control is a psychology term that was brought by Julian Rotter in 1954. And pretty much what it's just stating is that whatever happens to us, there are two different types of control. It can either come from within or it can come from without. Oftentimes, the internal control is, I did this, I made it happen, I worked hard, and this is why I have A, B, and C. External control is the belief of fate or the belief that someone handed it to us. Stuff outside of the world is what created what we have. In those positive sense, both of them are great. However, they can also have a negative side to it. So internal locus of control, if it is so much and things do not, and we believe that we are the only ones that, you know, create our fate, and make everything happen. When things don't happen the way that we want, it can cause anxiety. It can cause overthinking. It can cause depression because if things don't go the way that we want, we start freaking out. Why is this happening? I did A, B, and C, and it did not go exactly as planned. So it can have a negative effect. With external locus of control, same thing. It can have a negative perspective. If we believe that things happen to us by everyone else around us, then if things don't happen right, we have a tendency or a possibility to point fingers and place blame and never take on our responsibility or our part in it. So that's where that internal and external locus of control. With leadership, there's two part. As a leader, you have your own internal locus of control that you're dealing with. Then depending on what level of leadership you're at, you have the people above you. You have their internal and external locus of control that you're dealing with, as well as your employees. So you're dealing with their personal internal and external locus of control. A well-balanced person recognizes what control they have and where they need to influence others. They recognize what motivations are external and balance their internal perception with the needs of the external. So you're really doing a balancing act as an employee, what you can influence and what you can control versus what the needs of the business are, the needs from your leaders are. And same thing with leaders. You have to balance what is it that I control versus what my leadership team needs versus what my peers need versus getting the job done on a day-to-day basis, but giving my team the feeling of empowerment over their day-to-day work. Absolutely. And as a leader, it does get a little difficult because unfortunately, we all have baggage that we have in our lives. And with that, some people may need to be in all control, whether they are the leader or an employee. Trying to find a balance in there is what can be difficult, not only for the employee, but difficult for the uh, leader as well. 
I think about times in my leadership life where I exhibited micromanagement tendencies towards my team. And they, mm-hmm. they tend to be, for me, really focused. There's a, a crunch time. Leaders are saying, we need X, Y, and Z done by this. There's a lot of pressure on the situation. And I tend to turn to the team and say, we've got to get it done. We've got to get it done as quickly as we can. We've got to do it X, Y, and Z way and get it off our plates and get the product delivered. And I realized in reflecting on that, the leadership above me, for whatever reason, caused me to shift my locus of control. And then I became demanding on my team to say, we just have to do it X, Y, and Z way. I took away their control over Mm -hmm. delivering the work product. Now, I don't live in that place as a leader often, but I can think about times where that would happen. I never liked that sense of having to be demanding of my team and being very prescriptive about how to deliver something. But that feeling of fear and uncertainty and stress and anxiety caused me to go into that place, an unnatural place for me, and shift the locus of control away from the team. And I think every leader who has managed people has been in that position. But then that makes me think about micromanagement as there are leaders who are very uncomfortable with an external locus of control and operate in that space and create an environment of micromanagement. I think about what kind of fear and anxiety as me, as a leader who had to exhibit that for a short period of time would feel, but how difficult for that leader who lives in that space all the time. If there's too much internal locus of control, it can lead to the anxiety and you know the depression and the worry and all of that. Something that's interesting. So when you have a person you know, sometimes they'll say that external locus of control isn't always good because you believe, you know, that the world is controlling everything. But in some aspects, when you have an external locus of control, what happens is, is that we kind of like follow the leader. And for some people, your tendency during those moments or any leader's tendency to kind of have a little bit more of, I need to have control. We've got to do it this way and stuff like that. It is good for those people. And that also may include, uh, it may include certain uh, job titles, maybe more that way than other job titles. So if some, if a job is a creative thing, you know, or creative perspective, having extra, you know, feeling of, oh God, I'm micromanaged may not be good for them because their creativity doesn't get to get out there. But if it's maybe data processing, you know, with data processing, it's like, put in these numbers, get this done. We're looking for this specific outcome. Tell us where we're not getting that and we'll fix that. So for them, that external locus of control that they have may be beneficial. And then with with leaders, it is difficult to say, to go to your employees maybe some that are new, or maybe if you're in a new job role, let's say you were the employee and you've just moved up and they're like, okay, here's this big project. It is difficult to say, all right, I'm going to trust my team. Trying to find that happy medium would benefit the leader because if your employees can trust you, you can begin to trust them. Micromanagement isn't necessarily a leader standing over with a clipboard micro-inspecting everybody's work and making sure that it's done exactly the way that they want. 
It actually stems from an interesting idea that the manager is not involved enough, that the leader is not involved enough in the day-to-day operation. And so they might not have all the context and detail of what's going in in a meeting or in a situation in order to make themselves look like they're knowledgeable. They'll make declarative statements and then hold their team accountable to something that maybe that their team didn't know was required. And then the leader becomes insistent on having it the way that they described it because they had already set expectations one way, even though they hadn't been that involved. So it's long periods of not being involved with short periods of being heavily involved in the details that they may not be as knowledgeable about basically taking away or stripping authority from team members who are more knowledgeable in the details. You know, I've always thought about, because I know how I've been micromanaged in my job. So it's been not someone with a clipboard, but boy, they would just stand there and just watch. And you could feel the eyes burning on every movement that you had, which didn't help. uh, You didn't feel in control. On the part of the leader, there are ways to be involved where you don't have to sit there with your clipboard. Yeah. And I would say that somebody who exhibits really strong tendencies towards micromanagement is not really a leader. They are trying to get the job done as though they were doing it themselves, Mm -hmm. but through a proxy of another person. They're more like a puppeteer. I mean, at work, if you are a puppeteer and you're trying to control a team of, say, 20 people, you can only be so effective, but you can multiply your capability by allowing everyone to bring their own style and their own perspective. Whether you are a creative type who is developing something, or you're a data analyst or a data processing person, everybody can still bring their own style and their own flair to their job. That's really important for a person to feel like they have some ownership over their work product. And that requires a leader of a team to make sure that the objective is clear. And so long as the objective is being being met, and that might be the quality of a product or a time frame or a process that needs to be adhered to, all of those things can be the objective. But the ultimate objective in an organization is to deliver a work product to a customer. A leader can shift that locus of control away from me trying to control the outcome to us all working together on an objective to try to achieve satisfaction for somebody, a mission-oriented objective. Shifting the locus of control from a leader to a team member will give them the sense of pride and ownership over their work. And as you, as you mentioned, rightly, not every person on a team deals with the same level of self-control over an outcome or internal control over an outcome that another. I personally need a lot of bandwidth and a lot of creativity to come up with solutions. I know there are people who hate that and really just want to be told, tell me how to do it. What do you think the most effective way to get it done is? Give me a detailed process. Process and I'm going to follow it to the letter. Mm-hmm. For this, I don't want any external locus of, or I want all external locus of control. Don't give me any authority over this. I just want to deliver mm-hmm. what you want exactly the way you want it. And I'm okay with that. And that's perfectly okay. 
Recognizing your team members and what level of detail they need in a work product or an objective is really important as a leader to understand. And delivering the right amount of interaction for a team member. If you have 20 people, you have 20 different styles and every employee is going to need something a little bit different in their day-to-day interaction. And something else for a leader to better understand is a person's level of locus of control can vary. So, for example, when I started um, at a new company years ago, I went, you know, at first my leader was like, hey, or my boss was like, hey, I need you to come in and show me what you do before you send it off. And I was like, cool, no problem. And I did. But then I did it a couple of more times than I think what they were expecting. I think after like the one or two times they were just like, "Okay, yeah, go go figure it out. But I wasn't ready to do that. So my external locus of control was a lot larger. And then as I started better understanding what the company was looking for, what I needed to add in, all of that, that my internal locus of control started taking over. So I started being competent. Um, I, I started feeling competent. I started just, you know, having the opportunity. I felt okay with having the opportunity of making a mistake, but being okay with making that mistake. Also just my self-efficacy of being able to get it done. It was much easier to just do it on my own than it was to, uh, you know, okay, finish it up, wait for my boss to get back to me, da, 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 da. So I was a, my, my internal locus of control came in. So as a leader, it might be important to allow that learning process because yes, maybe you're in advertising and you go from one major advertising agency to another, that's great, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be done the same way. Right. So it's allowing room. It's, hey, do you need anything? What can I provide you? What are you missing? So that that person can finally be like, no, I think I'm good. It's a really interesting perspective that locus of control shifts along your employment journey. So when you're starting, you need a lot more external control. Mm-hmm. You need to shift your expectation externally. And then it migrates internally <laughs> over time. And that makes elements like change management uh, a very, very difficult transition. I think about people that I've worked with that have been in an organization for 20 or 30 years. And when you introduce some change, they would find it very, very difficult to adapt to the change because they've had an internal locus of control over their job for so long that when you introduce a new change to an organization that requires them to think about the world differently, they have to, in essence, give up their control, learn something new, and then take it back under whatever the new paradigm is that's been created within the organization. So locus of control is important for onboarding new employees for change management in an organization and probably day-to-day life. Things come up and people have to adapt. Somebody who is not comfortable with an internal locus of control may have a hard time adapting to an unexpected externality, like a system going down or a customer complaint that requires quick reaction time. You know, there are people out there, whether they're leaders or the employees that, you know, kind of live their life in that external locus of control. And that that becomes difficult. It's because, you know what, we all play a part in our own stuff and we want to recognize that. I believe it would be important for leaders to help guide employees that maybe kind of stem in that external locus of control 
to boost them up, to motivate them, to create, maybe even, maybe you don't go from completely from external to internal, but you have a little bit more internal locus of control because they do say, uh, especially in psychology, that that is the healthier locus of control to be in. Creates less anxiety. We're a little bit more healthier, both mentally and emotionally. If a leader can motivate someone to maybe take on, you know, like, hey, if you think that's the right thing to do, go for it. When it's all done and said, then bring it to me. You don't always have to ask every day if this is okay. That would be beneficial for the leader to give that. And it's also allows the leader to see, okay, I see what this employee is about to do. Okay. I see, you know, like almost where they can be, you know what, I can relax with that one because one, they are communicative with me, but they also have some really amazing ideas. I feel safe. And that would allow the leader themselves, especially if they have a very strong internal locus of control uh, and stuff like that, that can decrease some of their anxiety and kind of allow their fluctuation of internal and external to start kind of fluctuating. That makes a lot of sense because, again, when I think back to my example from the beginning of the conversation, when I was under a lot of stress and had to exhibit a lot more control, I needed to be prescriptive because my team needed to know exactly what needed to be done. We didn't have time for dithering or experimentation. And though I trusted my team highly, they probably needed that external locus of mm -hmm. control at that time. But had I not given it up after that, it would have created a very difficult environment. This really does come down to when we talk about micromanagement and how that is not really great leadership. It is necessary from time to time. One needs to recognize what level of control an employee has at that moment, whether they're new in the onboarding process or in the middle of some large change evolution, or they're just doing their day job, which they're super comfortable with, and adapting the communication for that level of locus of control. And as a leader, I can't expect that everyone will adapt to my natural locus of control. I have, I tend to bias myself towards being very trusting of other people that they're going to deliver. That can sometimes leave team members in a lurch, expecting me to provide more direction that I have. If I keep the locus of control too external and they're expecting an internal locus of control, that can make them feel a little bit lost, uncertain about what they need to do next. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that great level of communication, you, what you're really doing is you're eroding trust and then everybody's starting to feel stress and mm -hmm. shifting that locus of control to a place where neither the employee nor the leader wanted to go. Right. Absolutely. And it's, you know, like you said, it, and I do believe that there are times where the leader kind of is app appropriately can't be with the team all the time. But it is important, you know, as the leader, there is a lot more pressure on you. You know, it's it's part of the job altogether. And we talked about uh, in our first session, we talked about how uh, we need to read the signs. It, it, that's what part of being a leader is, is reading the signs. So if you see someone coming in and they look a little deathly afraid or something like that is going on, you have to stop doing what you're doing because that is part of being a leader. And that is taking that internal locus of control of yourself, 
putting it to the side and just being a leader. And that would be, that's important for especially leaders that uh, maybe have a tendency to micromanage in the definition that you provided. You're going to have to read the signs that are around you. I believe that mission drives people's behavior. And if you can set up the right mission and give people their own level of control over trying to achieve that mission as much as you can, then the results that are going to be delivered are going to be much better. If you say, I want it this way and you can only do this within these boundaries and you take away all of their control, you really close off the opportunity to have successful improvement initiatives, successful change initiatives. You're hiring for culture will tend towards having people with only an external locus of control. So then when you need them to have an internal locus of control, it's very difficult. And if your environment is set up such that a leader or the culture defines that only leadership has the internal locus of control and everyone else must live by an external locus of control, Mm -hmm. then you will have a really hard time attracting folks that are adaptable and able to think on their feet and adjust to whatever circumstances and externalities are coming at. Agreed. Absolutely. It is important. If you don't know where your team is at, bring in an expert. Every leader has a different level of motivation. They see the world very differently. They exhibit different locus of control in different situations. And every person has a unique perspective on when I need to give up control and when I need to take control. Finding that balance is very difficult and building the trust to be able to shift that control freely between team members or colleagues or peers takes a lot of time to develop with clear-eyed evaluation and good interventions that can be brought from experts. So in your opinion, Dr. D, how do you think leaders can prepare? I think it's important to understand when and where leaders might be exhibiting micromanagement behaviors identify the underlying locus of control issues that might be driving that, align teams around a mission where they have the highest level of influence and pride in their work product, shifting as much of the locus of control to the team as as you can. Mm -hmm. Alleviating micromanagement means creating trust and shifting that locus of control. And so locus of control is built on trust. Ensure inspiring leaders understand leadership and control are not the same traits. They need to balance in Mm -hmm. all of their activities, and that shifts over time for each employee. Leverage experts to help understand the current state and develop action plans for change. Formalized training programs focused on leadership tactics where team members are inspired to have a personal style over their work product or their process and monitor and reward leaders and teams who exhibit team-oriented locus of control and really exemplify delivering on whatever that mission is that your organization has. So, Dr. K, what is on tap for next week? Next week, we'll be discussing psychological safety in the workplace, how it influences the way that people work and how to increase the sense of psychological safety in your culture and your leadership team. 
very exciting stuff. Just put well, the word psychology and gets me excited. <laughs> well, psychological safety and trust go hand in hand and are really nicely wedded to this concept of locus of control. So if you Absolutely. can increase psychological safety, you can better identify where locus of control needs to be at any given time. So mm-hmm. that's great. And to all of you joining us on this journey in the realm, thank you so much. I'm Dr. D. And I'm Dr. K. And we are so looking forward to your next visit to the executive realm. 